0: Welcome to Very Unreasonable Things. I'm Billy Bone and I'm joined
1: by Josh Lindsay. With an A. Thank you. With an howdy, A. howdy.
0: All Lindsay right, with so an A. Lindsay with an A. And I, I, I don't know why I got that backwards today.
1: All these yeah. years.
0: All these years.
1: All these emails that you've sent me to join Clean Feet.
0: Yeah, all these emails. You know, they're. One time, I just straight up forgot my fucking PIN number on my debit card. Uh, this is about nine years ago. Just out of the blue, mm-hmm. forgot my PIN number. Could not remember it to save my life. Had to call the bank and get, get it from yep. me.
1: I've got two PIN numbers I have to remember because I got my American account and my Swedish account. I made my American account uh, one that I'll never forget. And it's not like a birthday. Yeah. But it's 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 perfect. And I wanted to do that to my Swedish account, but I haven't. So, there are times when like I'll be paying with my Swedish card and they'll be like, "Well, you have to put in your pin number." And there's like a 2-second freeze of me like back sweating. Like <laughs> I don't remember it. I should you don't you don't pay on your phone. Uh, No, not usually. Do you have it set
0: up? I do, but I don't do it. I'm in the process of changing banks also. There's no trust marks here for me to be able to walk into. Mm -hmm. So I'm going with a bank that's local. A
1: little bit more local. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But anyway. Uh, So we're going to. We're going to talk about Tenebrae, but before we get to that, Tenebrae, well, Tenebrae being the second movie in our Jallo uh, block of episodes, and after this, we got one more, and then we'll move on. to Have you our, chosen that? To, that our feeble minds can comprehend. Um, <laughs> We're going to the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was leaning... Suspiria, but I'm thinking maybe Deep Red instead.
1: Okay, staying with Argento. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh. Yeah,
0: I'm. I might go Deep Red. Just because mm. I, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen it yet.
1: I have not. No. And we both seen Suspiria. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Deep Red?
0: I have one time.
1: Okay. Yeah. And then we got to start thinking about, or I got to start thinking about the next block. It is funny though, because I wanted to mention this to you like this next block. Uh, you know, it's my turn. I'll pick. I do hope we circle back to Giallo again. I think, uh, obviously there's a lot to cover, but, um, with this, a New York Ripper man, they uh, they giving you something, man. They giving you something, and it's yeah. We'll get into it, but just give me two seconds, right quick. When you you just uh, vamp for a minute.
0: Yeah, yeah, here we go with this again. So, like I said, we're going to talk about Tenebrae, but before we get into Tenebrae, we're actually there was something else we were going to talk about. We were going to do an episode and talk about it, and we didn't. God damn, that's a lot of noise. We didn't do it yet. So, we're going to cover the AV Club's top 25. Cover yeah, songs? best
1: cover songs. Yeah, ranked. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's less, it, it's definitely less decisive than the horror movie villains.
0: And, and I'm assuming we're not going to get through them all individually like we did the horror movie villains. <laughs>
1: No, not individually. We still got ten minutes to talk about Tenebrae. that we got to yeah. save. Um, so uh, same
0: as same as the horror villains list. I have not seen this list. Josh is the only
1: person to see this list, so reactions from me will be genuine. Mm, yeah, and there's, you know, uh, I don't want to speak for you, but there's some on here that. Um, I haven't heard not many, but there's a couple here that are, uh, blind spots for me, but, um, do you want to try to guess number one, uh, Proud Mary by Tina Turner? <clears throat> I'll tell you what that made the list, but number 22,
0: mm that's lower than I thought it would have been because people were really high on that cover.
1: Should be higher. If I mean um Yeah, that song's gonna live forever. You know? That cover will. Yeah. Um it's a deceased artist, part of the twenty seven club.
0: Oh. Was it uh Where did you sleep last night?
1: Didn't make the list.
0: Oh, really? Wow. No. Or was it Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower?
1: That's it. Well,
0: that's a good cover. I don't know how you feel about it, but I like that cover.
1: Uh, it's hard to separate it from it being overplayed. Yeah. It is a good cover. If I never hear it again, that'll be okay too. You know? (laughs) Um, but I I don't know. There's part of me though that I push back on it because I still love the Bob Dylan cover, you know? Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, and number two, number two, I kind of, uh, I kind of have qualms with, but I haven't done the proper research on this either, though. Um, but number two is wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. A minute. Why are we starting okay. with number two? Okay, okay, okay.
0: Like the bottom of the list is gonna. I'm mean, gonna be worried about it because we started at the top.
1: All right. Well, let's see. Let's just see if you could take one more guess. See if it's on the list, and then I'll just run down these. Uh, "Live and Let Die" by GNR. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, Twenty-five is a song I haven't heard. Uh, I'm sure it's pretty good, but it's Husker Du. Eight Miles High. It's a Birds cover. Husker Du is one of these '80s. New Wave Alternative Bands? I know who they are. Okay.
0: I don't know that. I haven't heard that song, though.
1: No, if I have, I, I don't recall it right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number 24 is Thin Lizzy, Rosalie, which is a Bob Seger cover. Um, 23, uh, I think if I was putting together this list and I just had to look at it, you know, unbiased it probably should be number one. And I, and I, and I'd love this song. So even if I was making a personal list, it would probably be up there, but it's uh Whitney Houston. I will always love you.
0: Mm. Yeah. You, let me take one more stab at number two real quick. Cause I just thought of a song. Okay. Uh, blinded by the light.
1: Mm-mm. Nope. That's kind of bullshit. Cause that is, a cover that most people think Manfred Mann wrote, which makes it.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the version people know. People don't know mm-hmm. the, the Bruce Springsteen version. I All know. Right, w- one more guess. One more guess. Okay. With a little help from my friends.
1: I thought that did make it. Let me check my list. Um, no, that that's that's list, crazy. No. That's crazy.
0: That's the fucking Song of the Wonder Years. Okay. Yeah. This this list might be sheisty.
1: Well, I kind of agree because I Will Always Love You number 23. Okay. That song sold a billion copies. 22, Proud Mary. 21, mm-hmm. Jeff Buckley. Hallelujah. Way down in the 20s. Whatever. Number 20 is... I can say this like pretty confidently. Probably is the most beloved cover song of the past 20 years. What's that? He died an old man. And the original artist... Actually came out and said he prefers his version, the old man's oh, version. Oh, hurt! Yeah, top twenty man, like that song is huge. Cause look, yeah. once we get to like, there's that something here. Cash. Oh God, yeah. I mean, it made him hip in a in a younger generation's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was before I walked the line. You know. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen is The Clash, I fought the Law. It's originally a Sonny Curtis. Uh, Eighteen is a good one. It's Urge Overkill, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Originally uh, Neil Diamond. Yeah, yeah. That,
0: that's a good one.
1: Uh, Seventeen is Blondie, Hanging on the Telephone, originally by the nerves. I mean, that's a good one. And then we'll go to uh, 16, Pet Shop Boys, Always On My Mind. I have not heard that. I'm curious. Um, you know, Willie made that song famous, but that was originally an Elvis song. No, was it? Yeah. Um, 15, The Beatles, Twist and Shout.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I forgot that's not theirs.
1: It's the Osley Brothers. And then we'll go with uh, a song I have not heard. I don't know how I've not heard it. I've been meaning to check it out. I've yet to check it out. Now I'm looking at it. I'm going to have to check it out tonight. It's 14. Stevie Wonder, We Can Work It Out, a Beatles cover. Yeah. Uh, Sign me up for that. I have no problem with number 13, the band, at all. Both me and you are fans of them. But I have a problem with... This song being higher than some of these that we've mentioned, it's REM Superman by the click originally.
0: Hmm. I've never heard it. The only I, The only Superman song I've heard is by Goldfinger.
1: Uh, and Five for Fighting, motherfucker. It ain't I never, easy.
0: I never listened to Five for Fighting.
1: That song was everywhere in two thousand two, man.
0: I was off the grid.
1: Yeah, way I, off it. I just make shit up. Just. <laughs> off the grid. Yeah. There was barely a grid in 2001. And I wasn't on it. You wasn't on it. I was fucking waking up, watching VH1. Well,
0: when I say the only Superman song I know, also, I mean, song titled Superman. Because obviously, you know, like, there's our lady piece, but Superman's dead. and uh, What's another one? I don't know. I, that was all I could do. There's got to
1: be a lot, right? You could probably make an album out of Superman titles. Jimmy Olsen blues. Yeah, who did? That oh, was yeah. It
0: Spin Doctors, wasn't it?
1: Oh, I have no idea. Like. How are you not knowing Fire for Fighting, but you know Jimmy Olsen Blues by Spin Doctors? The, ah, that makes sense. Coming off that album, Pocket Full of Kryptonite. Yeah. Thomas
0: had it. Uh, my buddy Thomas. Well, you know Thomas. He had that uh, Spin Doctors album. He was a Spin Doctors guy.
1: I never listened to the whole album. I just remember that song being on there. I mean Two Princes and Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. I mean, those are those are good songs. I mean, people people kinda get embarrassed by it now, but the fuck off. They're good. Yeah. Good.
0: They were catchy.
1: Yeah. Two Princes is is fucking that's up there. But like it's not as good as What's the Frequencies, Kenneth, but they're sort of in the same, (coughs) you know, sport.
0: Oh, I love what's frequency, getters. I
1: do too. God damn, I love this song. Um, okay, moving on. Twelve is Van Halen. You really got me.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Uh, Eleven is Talking Heads. Take me to the river. Ten is Devo. I can't get no satisfaction. Nine is Janis Joplin. Me and Bobby McGee. That tracks. Um, Eight is Amy Winehouse and Mark Runson, uh, Valerie. Seven is Run DMC, Walk This Way.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Six is Harry Nilsson, Without You. Five is Aretha Franklin, Respect. Four, Did Not Know It Was A Cover. This shocked me. Elvis Costello. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? No idea. It's from armed forces. Two is the Kingsman, Louie Louie. No. Okay. And number two, this is what I have a little problem with. It's Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. The reason why I have a problem with it is because, and I might be wrong, I don't think Prince recorded that till after she put it out. He wrote it. He absolutely wrote it.
0: You could have probably had two Prince songs on here, though, because you could have had Manic Monday.
1: True that. He gave it to the Bengals because he had a thing for, uh, what's her name?
0: Belinda Carlisle.
1: Was Susanna Hoffman in there as well? He had a thing for her. Yeah, he's like, here, here's Manic Monday. Yeah. I'll go ahead and tell you, when I was younger,
0: Linda Carlisle, that was a slipkiss. No. Push.
1: Look, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the same for me, but with Susanna Hoffman. um, And I think, yeah, because she's all up in the Walk Like an Egyptian video, just looking perfect. She makes cover albums now with Matthew Sweet.
0: Matthew Sweet
1: yeah they're pretty good covers they've got like five albums out it's just called Undercover but um I would say I prefer Nothing Compares to You to All Along the Watchtower personally yeah, I can see that but yeah the list is is it's not like I said it's not egregious as the villain list um. Here's some that I wrote down. Um, not personal lists, because uh, I didn't have time for that. Uh, that would have definitely made my 25. But Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun. Discover. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that song. Obviously, and this is a Reddit favorite. It and it's good. It's Gary Jules, Mad World. From Donnie Darko. <clears throat> Naked Eyes. Always something there to remind me. It's a cover. And Tainted. Tainted Love. Uh, by Soft Cell. It's a cover. I could have made the top 25. But with a little help from my friends, it's probably like the big one missing here. How do you feel about Meryl Manson's uh,
0: Sweet Dreams cover? Oh well, I mean it'd probably be top ten if I'm making a personal list. Yeah. I just I just thought about that one getting lift off.
1: Yep. Because I mean that was but a real he's,
0: launch launching point for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially off that album that had only like four real songs. It's kind of amazing. Um Marilyn Manson's canceled though, so he wasn't gonna make the list. But yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot.
0: This A V club and their list. We're here to judge you. I
1: know. But you know, there's some pretty good goddamn songs on here. Me and Bobby McGee. Girl You'll be a Woman Soon. Respect by Aretha Franklin. Which I think Roland Stone did a list of they're like Favorite uh, Greatest songs ever And I think Respect was up there But that's Rolling Stone Their lists Fucking suck They had Joni Mitchell As one of the top 100 Top 20 uh, Greatest guitarists Of all time really? Just recently Yeah Joni Mitchell I love Joni Mitchell But are you fucking kidding me? Well you remember When we
0: talked about Their um, Their top 500 songs and I, I complained because Stand by Me wasn't in the top ten or top five. And what was it uh Royals was number thirty. And I don't dislike Royals, but it's not better than Stand by Me. Royals.
1: My Lord. I'm sure I've heard it. It doesn't ring a bell. But that's um Um, is that Stan's dad? Yeah,
0: yeah, Randy yeah. Marsh. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna make that joke, but I didn't know if he'd get it. I didn't know if he'd seen those episodes where he was uh, Lord.
1: <laughs> I think that might be the last current, the last current episodes I've seen. This is yeah. pretty funny.
0: Like it's, uh, Randy Marsh is in everything. If something's going, something new's happening. <laughs> Randy Marsh is a part of it.
1: Uh, it, it's, it's crazy how he became like the best character. And I'm yeah. assuming, I'm assuming I haven't, I know like PC coach was I know, PC pretty principal. funny. PC principal. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh man, this show's so good. I don't know how you dislike South Park.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: Josh keeps pushing his mute button.
1: Yeah, man. Sorry. So Yep. Oh t-
0: God. bray. Yeah. 1982. 101 minutes. Directed by one Dario Argento, starring Anthony Françoasa? Uh As I have
1: Peter to look Dill. it up. Yeah.
0: Uh, John Saxon is Bulmer, and Daria Nicoldi is Anne. And that's all I wrote down. Um I didn't know any of these actors until I saw John Saxon. He popped up. And I'm like, hey, it's that guy from that thing. I know him.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're going to be talking about John Saxon again here soon. hmm But, um, yeah, me and you, I fucked up. And I did – I watched this version. I watched this movie on last drive-in, and you chose not to. So there are a lot of things Joe Bob says that, luckily, are on the Wikipedia page, so I don't feel like I'm ripping off Joe Bob. I couldn't breaking, resist what...
0: Breaking news. Josh is about to plagiarize his whole episode.
1: The entire thing. Uh, but... Yeah, so I'm going to try to refrain from it. A lot of this shit's on Wikipedia, though. Um, But yeah, this movie was released. This movie... It was made in 82. It wasn't released until 84? In the States, yeah. In the States, again, because it's Giallo. It was a video nasty in the UK. They did not put up with violence like that. But um yeah, and Tenebrae, you know, it was released in the States under the name Unsane. But tenebrae means darkness and Latin. So Yes, I, I remember reading all this on the Wikipedia page too. <laughs> okay, well we'll just fucking let's just pull up the Wikipedia page. Uh.
0: Uh, real quick, though, before we move on, let's talk about John Saxon for a second. Please. Did John Saxon do any karate in any movies that he was in outside of Enter the Dragon? Uh, I can't answer that. I feel like he probably wouldn't have died in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 if he had hit that Freddy skeleton with a swift front kick to the skull that would have helped did you you've seen the, Enter the dragon right
1: uh oh not god. all of it oh my not god all of it.
0: I, when you when you said uh I knew that was a no
1: i have seen like the last fight scene and I know John Saxon's in it
0: did, did you see his fight scene like he has a he takes out one of the main characters in the movie bolo young
1: he, he's a good guy right yeah yeah He is is he is it is it impressive like his his fighting
0: uh, I don't think so I'm trying to remember it's been a while since I've seen it I just was wondering though like i said i I can't remember him doing
1: karate in any other movie no i i, I from what Joe Bob said he was like a character actor. He came up through the New York something theater, and he was pretty method. Uh, And I'm sure I said this on the Nightmare on Elm Street episode. But he has this Jared Leto type of face. I don't know if it's the eyebrows and the eyes, but there is some Jared Leto vibes he gives off. And even in this.
0: Now that you say it, I can see it.
1: Yeah, and he's funny in this. He's, you know, he's not funny in Nightmare, you know. He's a drunk in Nightmare 3. That's funny. Everybody likes drunks. Uh, A lovable scamp. Yeah. But yeah, and, and the music is Goblin.
0: It's not Goblin.
1: Three members.
0: Three members of Goblin.
1: Three members of Goblin.
0: They they couldn't use the name Goblin because the drummer owned the name.
1: Yep. And he's not on this. Yeah. But the music still fucking rules in this. Oh, yeah. It's so goddamn good. It is. And um, Argento was coming off. He was in a weird period in his career because Suspiria was like a, a hit. It was his this big hit Mm -hmm. and then Inferno kind of bombed. And so he's making this as a, um, sort of like to answer his critics, I guess, who were complaining about his movies and Giallo movies and slasher movies. Um, This is according to Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm just playing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. But. God damn it. Well, let me ask you this. When when you turned it on, did you have any idea what this movie was about? I think the... uh,
0: The first time I watched it was actually the last drive-in version. Oh, so you'd seen it before? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So you knew? I'd seen this one. I'd seen Deep Red. um, I'd seen Suspiria. So, uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to do the – when we uh, were talking about like our next block of movies, that's why i suggested Giallo because I'd seen a few.
2: Okay. I, had,
0: I hadn't seen
1: the New York Ripper when I first suggested it. It is crazy because, you know, my Giallo pool is pretty fucking shallow. And, coming off New York Ripper this movie is fucking tame as fuck <laughs> it is you know like Suspiria I've watched in the last few months and Suspiria like is pretty tame but there is that scene to where she falls into the razor wire and and that's pretty just visually striking.
0: Well, I think it's just it's the differences between the directors and
1: yes, and
0: Fulci's more gore.
1: Yeah. That's an understatement. And it, it, It's so funny. I'm going to pull this up. Speaking of Fulci, speaking of gore, um, you know, I peruse Letterboxd. And like I was telling you yesterday, Mike Flanagan's own Letterboxd. And I follow Mike Flanagan. He still hasn't followed me back. We'll get into that later. Um, And, you know, you can make lists on Letterboxd, right? Yeah. And I saw where Mike Flanagan's, he made a list, and it says this. And this is, I think he made it five days ago. And this is Mike Flanagan's recommended gateway horror for beginners. And he says, every so often, someone says to me, I really, really don't like horror movies. And I bite the inside of my cheek and smile at them. Sometimes they continue with what horror movies would you recommend as a gentle way in? Or can you recommend any horror movies for beginners that are movies that are more like real movies? In those cases, these are the movies I immediately recommend. And it's 10 of them. First one's Gremlins. <laughs> then Martyrs, Possession, Imprint, Funny Games, Last House on the Left, Antichrist, Terrifier 2, Cannibal Holocaust, and a Serbian film. <laughs> God. I like how he... His first was like, Gremlins, and then fuck all your senses. <laughs> yeah, right? It's so funny. You could tell like not you could tell non-horror movie fans piss them off. You know, like a gateway horror movie. Like what the fuck are you talking about? What a gateway horror movie? You're either into it or you're not. I can think of a gateway horror movie. New York Ripper.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. That and fucking zombie. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, the gate. The no, gate, not not
1: movies with the t- word "gate" in them. No,
0: but the gate is essentially a horror movie for kids.
1: I wouldn't call that a gateway horror movie because it's a B movie. That
0: oh, I didn't realize it had to be big budget.
1: I don't think people watch the gate and be like, "I want to watch more of this." Let me amp this up. Oh, man. You're a hater. I'm not. I love The Gate, but I wouldn't call that a gateway horror movie. A gateway horror movie is like Halloween. If you can handle Halloween, just take a step up from the gore, and you, you'll eventually get there. Because there's no gore in Halloween. And it's not an attack on your senses or anything. Gateway horror movie. The fuck, Gate. Fuck you. I stand by it.
0: <laughs> I stand by it. You're okay. not, not going to shame me. No, I like.
1: The, uh, you know, I bought The Gate on iTunes. Did you? Yeah, because I have a soft spot for it.
0: I'm trying to remember if I've seen The Gate too.
1: Did they make a sequel? Yes. Uh, did my man Stephen Dorff come
0: back? I don't think so. I think it's on Tubi.
1: Yeah, that, of course, it's on Tubi. It was probably released in the last three years. <laughs> Directly to Tubi. Yeah, it's a Tubi original. Yeah, that, now they have one.
0: Josh, why are you avoiding talking about Tenebrae?
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. We, you know, um, We're 35 minutes in, and we
0: haven't said shit about Tenebrae.
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit about Argento and how the goblin drummer. Withheld the name? (sighs) Yeah. Look, okay, fine. Fuck it. Fuck it. Spoiler alert. I really like this movie. A lot. But I don't know where to begin in talking about this movie.
0: I got my first note right here. Don't worry.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
0: Rode a bike to the airport and then changed.
1: First off, you're introduced to your character being a fucking asshole. Love it. Riding his bike through New York City traffic.
0: Right down the middle of the fucking road.
1: Having his luggage riding in a car that he can pick up at the airport. And then he takes a bird bath in a sink. Like if that was me. I'm still smelling like
0: a horse. There's no way.
1: Yes. So right off the bat, you know your main character is just a total piece of shit. Yeah. And that's Peter Neal. He's a horror author.
0: Yes, Peter. Yeah, our main character, Peter Neal, who's... Wrote a book called Tenebrae.
1: Mm -hmm. And he
0: he goes into the airport
1: and... Well, the movie begins...
0: I was going to get to my second note, but you should go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, the movie opens with a person reading passages from his novel. The novel that was in Italian and tearing out pages and burning them. So right off the bat, Argento's letting the audience know... You know that there's somebody a crazed fan out there. You know, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. When he's
0: waiting in line to, and I wrote, you know, I wrote down a note, and then the question gets answered later on. So some of my notes are just like pointless. But oh, when, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, I just have to scratch out the note. <laughs> Mine was. What was the point of moving the bag? Because he sets his bag down, and then somebody picks it up, and they move it around the corner. Mm-hmm. And then they put the uh,
1: the stuff in his bag. Yeah, or switch the bags out. They switched the bags out, didn't they? I don't know. I thought they just put shit in his bag. Yeah.
0: Because then you have to, like, believe that somebody out there has the exact same thing. The exact same bag as Peter Neal.
1: And Peter Neal is a good name. It is. It's a strong uh, author name. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So they nailed that.
0: Good to them. We get our our first victim, though, in... um, in a store and she's still in a copy of Tenebrae.
1: Absolute gorgeous woman. Who's a book thief.
0: Yeah. Who gets caught. Why are,
1: why are all the beautiful women book thieves? It's crazy. Like all of them. Well, what's, what's really crazy
0: is she gets caught and she essentially offers sex to get out of being arrested. She's like, (sighs) Give me your address
1: and I'll come see you. And this guy's like, okay. No, no, no. She gives him her address. Oh,
0: her address. I'm sorry.
1: And the funny thing about that scene is first off, he looks at her record and she's been arrested like 11 times shoplifting. Yeah. yeah. But the funny thing is, he gives her back the book, <laughs> he slips it back in her bag. Like, yeah
0: and she she walks home
1: and she gets um she gets attacked she, by a homeless man, yeah, and she kicks him in the nuts and he gets mad at her for kicking him in the nuts, even though he assaulted her yeah uh, yeah
0: and then we see him again because he he pops up like her back door, her
1: sliding door he witnesses the first murder. Or something to the effect of it, yeah. But she gets home because it cuts to the airport immediately to Rome. And you're in a department store. And so you're kind of just... It's, it's kind of a jolt. You know, you get introduced to Peter Neal. And then you're introduced to this character who... Because this movie has a set list of victims that are essential to the plot, except this first one, unless yeah. I missed something. No, I don't think you did.
0: I think that the only thing that she did was she stole a copy
1: of Tenebrae. Yeah, she was wanting to read it. Yeah. And prostitute herself.
0: Yeah, to get out of being arrested for a
1: 12-time And and But that kind of makes sense once you get... Here's another spoiler alert. There's two major twists to this movie. One minor, one fucking major. But that kind of makes sense when the first killer is revealed. Why he would target her.
0: You know, I guess I missed something about the first killer then. So, we're, okay. we're
1: already putting it out there. So, obviously, there's two killers. Uh, that aren't working together, mind you. Yeah. Uh, but I guess we'll get into that as we discuss. But,
0: so, the first the first killer, though, he he kills her and he shoves pages in her mouth. Just shoving pages of
1: fucking tenebrae into her mouth. With a straight razor in her throat.
0: Mm-hmm. And... Like you said, the kill itself—it's after watching God. New York River, you know, Ripper. You're just like, eh, not bad. Yeah, I can watch this all day, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, the now that we got our first victim, uh, yeah, the police come in contact with Peter Neal.
1: Well, Peter Neal's in Rome. He meets up with John Saxon, who is his publicist.
0: His, no, his agent.
1: His agent, that's right.
0: Because he had they had the agent in training, remember?
1: Yes. The the young young guy. Yeah. Yeah. And John Saxon. He shows up looking handsome. And Peter Neal meets him and they're old friends. And Saxon's wearing this um, it's not a fedora. I don't know names of hats. It's way cooler than a fedora, but he's wearing it. Peter Neil mentions it, you know. And John Saxon, he's like, Yeah, I got it at I got it here in Rome. And then Saxon does this head thing. Because yeah. Peter Neal's like, Don't it fall off? And and Saxon's like, No, look. It stays on. It's perfect. And it's so goddamn funny. And it's so just a moment of levity that does not exist anywhere else in this movie. Like, there's a lightness and because, you know, in my brief experience watching Giallo, there's no humor to it, none. You know, I mean, this, here it is, you know, John Saxon just wagging his head around, being like, no, it stays all perfect, look. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's having the book signing. Or I think it was a book signing, right?
1: Uh, he's talking with um, some uh, like book reviewers. Oh no,
0: that's right, that's right, because it's the woman, and uh, she hits him with some tougher questions, and he's like, "Wait," because yeah.
1: he knew her. I did. He's like,
0: and he's like, "Where's this coming from?"
1: He, um, because they're sitting down like this lounge. This it, it almost looks like an airport lounge. It might have been. And um she's she's asking him questions about like his books being a little bit of misogynistic. Sexist. Yeah, sexist. Yeah. And he's kind of thrown off guard. He's like, you know, and you could sort of tell they know each other. And I think they plan on meeting up later so where she can interview him for real. Yeah. But and Argento cuts Peter Neal's kind of thrown off guard and he's kind of Uh, taken aback and he looks up at this man that's standing across from them where they're sitting just standing against the wall and this guy sort of rolls his eyes and shrugs his shoulder now you're not introduced to this character but the guy's sort of like you know like this this woman you know asking these questions so Peter Neal he says, "You know, well, we'll talk later." You know, And yeah. You could tell she was kind of having fun with him. Did you get the
0: feeling at any point when these when Peter Neal has these interactions with people about his books that they found deeper meaning in his books or deeper things than what he put in there? Because, like, when because like when she's talking about it, she's like, "Well, the books are sexist. They have these themes, or whatever." And he's like, "I just wrote a book about a killer." It's almost like people are
1: deriving something deeper from it than what he intended. You know, you're probably right. Because Argento, this, like we had discussed, this was like a, a retaliation to his critics. Like, you know, Fulci might have hated women. Fulci probably did hate women. Let's be honest.
0: <laughs> Fulci hated eyeballs.
1: And nipples and oh, yeah. coochies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ful- Fulce
0: hadn't seen a body part he didn't want to maim. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway,
1: New York Ripper. Check it out, people.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking toes and coochies. Oh, the movie has everything.
0: Oh, my God. I forgot
1: about that. Oh, my God. That movie's a. F-
0: she likes it.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That movie is a trip.
0: God. Oh.
1: I can't wait to show that to my daughter, like that movie. Like, baby, this is cinema.
2: This is cinema.
1: (laughs) This is high art. Oh, Daddy, what'd you rate it on Letterboxd? Well, I gave it three stars, baby. I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) But, and then we, and like this movie, uh, Tenebrae. It's just, it's kind of, it kind of, uh, sort of throws you off a little bit when you're watching it because this movie's filled with like beautiful Italian women.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: just all of these women are like just stunners because then we cut to, um, well, you know, Peter Neal goes to his hotel room. I think we're introduced to the detective now and his partner. Um, they tell him about the murder of the shoplifter, and you know, Peter Neal. He, you know, this this is your boilerplate movie stuff. And like, no, I don't know anything. I'll help you any way I can.
0: Yeah.
1: And then we cut to. Uh, The interviewer who's at a, it looks like kind of um, a fancy bar, but with pinball machines.
0: Well, we, uh, I think we forgot something though. So when um, Peter Neal meets with the inspector, uh, there's a letter. Yeah, there's a letter. That's done in like ransom style. And it's a quote from his book. I can't remember the quote and uh, so quality yes, yeah. and I bring something up and can't remember what the fucking nose.
1: I should have wrote that down. I wrote anything down. You didn't write anything down. No, but uh, I'm joking, but you're not far from the truth. Oh, I don't, I don't have much here, I'm, but
0: I'm, I, I, I tried to do like a, how Daniel does when me and him record. He
1: lets me write all the fucking notes, and then he's like, yeah, I just watched the movie. When he used to be really good at taking notes, we used to take a minute to talk about Daniel's notes. Because mm-hmm. they were very detailed. It's so funny, though. Anne, who's Peter Neal's assistant, who was Argento's wife and muse, she co-wrote Suspiria, this movie, and um, Deep Red. Or Inferno. But his assistant was Argento's muse and wife. And asked the cop, she was like, can I get you something to drink? Oh, I'm sorry, you're working. You don't drink. And then detective replies, I only drink on duty. Yeah. Like, Like, holy shit. I'll take (laughs) take a scotch. Straight up. And she, and she doesn't bring him like a rocks glass of scotch. She brings him like no. a, a, a highball glass of scotch.
0: No, <laughs> I saw that too. And I'm just sitting there like, what is this glass?
1: Oh my God. But yeah. So now Peter Neal knows about the killer.
0: Detective Germani. That's his name.
1: Germani. Yeah. Another striking individual in this movie. Just a, A very a a face with angles yeah yeah you know distinct
0: look for sure yeah
1: and his partner looks just like fucking ann peter neil's assistant argento's wife so it's very like confusing um so like i said then we cut to the bar with um the interviewer and this bar has a pinball machine which is um, occupied, and the pinball machine to the left of it is occupied. That's crazy, ain't it? What was that? Nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was preparing for my next comments.
1: Yeah, you're just waiting for your chance to talk.
0: You were talking about pinball machines.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, look, you just comment. I'm going to take, uh, take a break. Oh, my God. I'm going to pause while
0: you can just take a break. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Josh was talking about pinball machines. Good for him. Do 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 do. Where?
1: When you watched the movie,
0: did you watch it with subtitles on?
1: I always watch movie okay. movies. Every movie with subtitles.
0: Uh, me too. Yeah, usually. Um, the uh, the agent in training. His name was Johnny. But did you notice how it was spelled? No. It was G I A N N I.
1: Wait. Repeat that.
0: G-I-A-N-N-I.
1: Gianni. Yeah. But his name was Johnny.
0: I think in the dub, they kept calling him Johnny.
1: Yeah, he also had a British dub. But you know what? I think we missed something pretty important. The uh, car that
0: drove off the road trying to avoid the inspector?
1: No, I, I missed that. It was inconsequential. <laughs> well, this this was and wasn't, but no, maybe we didn't miss it because I think it's right after this scene we get the beach scene.
0: Yeah, that's what I got. I was like, what is this beach scene or what is the scene on the beach? <sighs> yeah, this
1: um, the actor, the actress who played this female, was um, transsexual, born a man, became a woman, or hermogenous? Uh, is that is that the word I'm looking for?
0: Androgynous?
1: Androgynous, sorry. Yeah. Again, we shouldn't be. It's it's hard to talk about this movie, but mainly because my English is bad. Um, yeah, Th- this movie cuts to this scene and doesn't answer it <laughs> until way later, and it is so weird. Well,
0: what happened? Yeah, you you're talking about a scene that nobody knows what's going on. You got to lay the set the table, so to speak. Do you want to? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you. No, no. I mean, you, I want you to. Okay. Yeah. Well, you see this um. This young woman on the beach, and it it feels like she's in like this cabana with these three other young guys um, They look slightly younger than her and they're not wearing shirts and she gets up and she runs away from them. Then she turns around and <clears throat> she sort of shows them her tits and then they follow her and she's on her knees on the beach and they come up to her and she sort of turns around still on her knees and she sort of like hugs their legs and it's and it's obviously like a very sexual scene, and then this fourth guy comes up, and you can ever so slightly see her give him the thumbs down. you know, it yeah. looks like an orgy between these yeah. four people. He comes up, she gives him a thumbs down, he slaps her, and then runs well. The other three guys chase him and all this is shot like bottom point of view. Like you're not really seeing anything, but like feet running and on the beach, they catch up to him and uh, the girl walks up to him and she's wearing these a white dress that's very loose fitting and these bright red fucking heels. And I think she kicks him a couple of times, and then she puts the heel in his throat. And then it cuts back to the movie, to what's going was, on.
0: I thought it was in his mouth.
1: In his mouth, sorry. Yeah, in his mouth, his throat. And you're just left with that for like an hour. You're just <laughs> left with this one scene on this beach that is – It's, it's odd. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's to say the least, it's an odd scene that you can only guess what it means later. I think we'll get there. When we get there, we'll talk about it. Do you have an idea what this scene meant?
0: No. um, not when I was first watching it. Like
1: I, in hindsight, like, I think we both kind of think the same thing. We'll get to it. But it's, it's kind of a jarring scene. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, in the first 20 minutes of this movie, you see this. And then it just dangles throughout the entire movie, you know.
0: When did the... Uh- Uh, hold on one sec. So is it the lesbians that got killed next? Yeah. Yeah. Cause this was this was uh I won't say odd, but it was an interesting scene between these two characters. Cause you know, the the one woman ends up meeting up with a dude and she's like, I'm gonna take him back to our place. And he's like, Give me an hour. And then the other girl comes home and you know, She's like, they get to talking or whatever, and she's like, you know, how was it or something like that, and she's like, he was better than you ever was. Well, and it's like, oh, did,
1: spicy. yeah. But they're at this bar with this pinball machine. What I was talking about, like, this is 1982. Like, you had to, people were playing pinball. Like, both these machines were, were occupied. You know, and you could pull pussy playing pinball.
2: <laughs>
1: you know. But so the interviewer and her girlfriend, she comes up and she's like, I'm going to take him home. And she kisses her. And right after that, a dude walks up to the interviewer. He's like, hey, I've got an hour. She's like, okay. Did you notice that? Uh-uh. Yeah.
0: Now, so what I did notice is that the other woman wore this top that barely yeah, fucking it, covered her nipple <laughs> and you can see the it, top of it.
1: Spoiler alert. It didn't It was just dangling. It was just dangling like that beach scene, you know?
0: Uh, so how, how did he kill the uh, two lesbians, Josh?
1: Well, they get into a fight when she comes home and, it, and it's so funny though, because you know, like you watch this movie, you don't Joe Bob pointed it out and it's in the wiki. So it's fair game. All of these houses are amazing. All of these apartments are amazing. Yeah. Everything in this movie, the cars, everything is amazing. And what Argento said was this movie is supposed to be five to 10 years in the future and an apocalypse happened, but nobody remembers what the apocalypse was. So you have all this real estate that people can live in. And I don't know, it's sort of like the science fiction element that he added to it, but,
0: that's nowhere present in the fucking That's movie. That's
1: nowhere present in the movie, but it's just an interesting thing because all of these, like their apartment is amazing. Outside of the book thief, every location, like inner, like inside location is fucking amazing. The killer's house is just absolutely gorgeous.
0: Oh yeah, he's got like, when you say layer, he has a fucking layer. Yeah,
1: he has a fucking layer, and he has like a, like this basement that is just for killing folk or, or trophy room for killing folk, I should say. But so this couple get into a fight and one of them has like a downstairs room and the one who picked up the pinball guy, she's got her upstairs bedroom and, so they get into a fight, and she's, you know. So the one that's downstairs, the one who is interviewing Peter Neal, is kind of upset, and so she's getting ready for bed, and she puts on this white T-shirt. And about that time, the killer appears, and there's this great fucking shot of her, through the neck hole you see her face and just in this argento style he the killer slashes her and you just see this beautiful shot of this red blood just going everywhere you know i mean the movie has a lot of blood but the gore is isn't that severe
0: there's a difference between gore and blood
1: for some people, some people not.
0: Yeah, there's a difference. Again, blood is blood. Gore is like intros.
1: Not for everybody, though. Certain people consider blood to be gore.
0: Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You were
1: so eloquently describing. Oh, I hate it, it when I have to vamp. It's the worst. No, you were do doing a good. Like you were doing a good job. Well, yeah, well, she puts on, and but you get this you great shot. You don't like it,
0: but you always try to make me do it. Vamp? Yeah. You're just like, keep yeah. going. You got it.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe I'll stop because I know how much it sucks. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that, and before this, you sort of get like this, before this scene happens, you get this killer POV And for whatever reason, Argento decides to spend two minutes on the roof because the POV goes from, like, one window to the other. And you're like, okay, this is pretty cool. It's like the one cool shot on Friday the 13th, you know? Yeah. And then, like, Argento goes up to the roof. And then you're just going across this Italian architecture in Rome for, like, two minutes. And I found myself clocking out, like about to pick up my phone. Like it's 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 a very uh, for me take you out of the film shot because it, yeah. it literally was like two minutes. But he kills her, and the the upstairs roommate. She get what happened? Like she goes down and she sees her her girlfriend dead. right and she runs upstairs but because her death ended up being the poster
0: oh this one yeah. too yeah yeah
1: cuz her head goes through the window buddy yeah. slashes her you know um i can't speak for all giallo movies but like with New York Ripper in this, they do love their straight razors or razor blades. Mm -hmm. It is, it is a common motif. It feels like. Well,
0: I, I've, I've got it wrote down. It's, it's a head. It's further on. Cause at one point the, uh, the killer changes weapons where you think he, Changes his weapons. But it just turns out that there was a second killer that was using a different weapon completely.
1: Well, no, he did change his weapon because he lost his straight razor. Did he kill somebody with an axe?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought it was just a second
1: person. Because I guess Peter Neal's staying at an apartment. But it's like a hotel. Yeah. But he has, to call, he has to call this guy and says, hey, my my hot water's not working which you see these hotel workers oh no, it's very confusing so the so the guy who's who Peter Neal calls to fix his hot water sends his daughter mm-hmm. to fix it and she's the one who ends up getting killed by the axe because he
0: yeah she uh well and with that one her and the assistant Johnny go off together on his motorcycle.
2: Mm.
1: I have it written in my notes because it looks like when they take off because they meet up and this movie is just all about fucking that's, I mean, everybody is good everybody is down to fuck because she gets on his little dirt bike. And it's so funny because when I first saw it and it wouldn't make sense because there's a note I have later, to where he's wearing the helmet and she's on the back. Yeah. To where normally you'd give the girl the helmet and he just pops a wheelie.
0: Oh yeah. Because
1: he's wearing a helmet and she's not.
0: <laughs> yeah. it, it's
1: it's it just it's it's funny. It's just funny to see. Like
0: well, and then they later get into an argument about something. Yeah. And and this is just a means to get her off the bike and by herself mm-hmm. and she gets chased by this fucking dog it looks like a rottweiler and doberman Do- yeah not rottweiler doberman I, I don't know why i said rottweiler doberman yeah it mm-hmm. looks like a fucking doberman and i was just thinking about it because the dog is like just attacking this fence trying to get to her and then you see the dog like it's almost like a light bulb goes off and the dog's like, wait a minute, I might be able to climb this fence. And now all of a sudden this dog is taking fucking leaps at the fence and trying to climb up it. We, uh, when we lived in Dallas, we had a dog that could climb a fence. And it just reminded me of that. Like the, the, the dog, you couldn't keep it in the backyard. You could put it in the backyard, but if it wanted to get out, it was just going to climb the fence and jump over. And that's what this fucking, uh, Doberman does here, climbs this fence and chases this girl. And this is a prolonged chase from the, fucking dog which is. catches her a few times and you know hurts her yeah like so it's not like she never gets caught she gets caught and she gets away and she gets caught and she gets away and eventually she ends up at the killer's lair
1: mhm and she discovers the cause this killer we forgot to mention is taking pictures of his victims yeah after he kills them and she finds the pictures and and what else does she find? Because she's stuffing her pockets.
0: She's stuffing her pockets with, with this just, evidence. Yeah, pictures and I think letters.
1: Yeah, it might have been letters. Yeah, yeah, because he's got the the ransom.
0: Yeah, because you see the individual like yeah. uh, cutout spot you know on the table.
1: And then she goes upstairs to this absolute beautiful apartment. It's His got palace. like yes, these step ups, this furniture, everything just is. I don't know. It's just absolutely beautiful. And the killer comes home and she gets away from inside the house and she slams his hand through the screen door. And that's when he drops a uh, straight razor. Oh, yeah. And he uses the axe on her tummy. I know it's like convenient for this random girl who Peter Neal met to die it's also kind of thematic because throughout this movie the detective and Peter Neal are talking about uh, Sir Arthur Conan Conan Doyle yeah and the hounds of Bakersville you know so a dog chasing her leads her here and the dog's still trying to get in it's funny because oh yeah you think she's safe and, and and there are certain things that Argento does in this movie that are just um, very clever because you think it you think it doesn't like why is he showing this, and then two minutes later he'll show you why he's showing it because uh, we see the killer pull up and he's wanting to pick up a hooker. For his next victim. Yeah. And as he's in his car and you see his hand, it keeps cutting back to this door, this key dangling. And the killer, as he's about to get out to get his next victim, he touches his pocket and he realizes he left his keys in the door. And that's how the young girl gets inside. Right? Is that the scene? Oh, yeah.
0: Because it's a like uh, basement yeah. door. Or where yeah. Is, yeah where like the layers at and yeah the keys in the door
1: that's how she's able to escape the because the dog's attacking her right outside the door yeah and she's able to open it up and it's just that's just a really cool that argento's doing that you know he's kind of showing you something he'll explain it later don't worry it's I don't know it's you're getting something from these Giallo movie that you just wouldn't get at a regular slasher movie, you know? Yeah. But he gets her, he, he kills her with a ax to the stomach. <laughs> and like the next scene is you see him mowing his grass <laughs> to mow like the evidence away. <laughs> and then he gets to the end of his yard And he just left the body there because you see the body. Did you guess the killer? Nope. I
0: thought it was John Saxon. I didn't guess it either. Um, So I guess we can talk about it now because we're at that point. So,
1: Cristiano Berti, which was a TV interviewer. The same guy that was... Uh, Peter, Peter Neal meets him a couple of times. He actually talks to him one time and Peter, and he sort of grills Peter Neal yeah. on the, the, the violence and his, and his novels. And Bertie's like, well, I'm a Roman Catholic, obviously, yeah. but I believe in abortion or whatnot. But, but this is almost going too far. Um, Yeah, I guess if you watch it the second time, it becomes a little more obvious.
0: Yeah, and, that, and it turns out that that's his house. Yeah, and so Peter Neal and Johnny go to watch the house, and
1: because think, Peter Neal
0: figured it out. Yeah, Peter Neal. I can't. I'm trying to remember this. Didn't he? Because he, he goes around back, right? And he leaves Johnny in the front.
1: They get split up. And they get split up. Johnny uh, goes to the window. like Because this well, he house tries get, is...
0: He tries to get closer to get a better view.
1: Yeah. And he witnesses Birdie
0: getting hacked to death with an axe.
1: And he hears something. And the audience kind of hears it. You know, we got our subtitles on. Mm-hmm. Um, like... But even then, because Argento, he's just—he's trying to confuse you. You're not really sure what you hear. Um. But Birdie gets hacked. Johnny runs back to where Peter Neal's at, and Peter Neal's been hit over the head with a rock.
0: Mm-hmm. And hit pretty good. I mean, he's bleeding. Like it's yeah, not bleeding. like it's not like he's like, oh, I got hit. There's no evidence. Like he got hit, and he's bleeding.
1: Yeah, like concussion probably needs stitches. Um,
0: and this is at this point though, like you said, you get a confession from Birdie saying I killed them all.
1: Yeah, and as an audience member, you're kind of thrown for a loop. But you, but that's the thing though, Birdie didn't say it. Or did he say it? I thought he He, didn't say it.
0: No, he confessed it to the attacker.
1: Okay. I thought the attacker was saying that.
0: Mm -mm, It was Birdie. Okay. Because this attacker, this is, as far as we know, this is this person's first kill.
1: See, even for me watching it, I... I didn't know it was his first kill at all. Like, you know, again, I was kind of dangling in the wind, like, wait, what? But it comes to find out Birdie was, he was killing these people. Mm-hmm. And again, this is the reason why this movie is so hard to talk about because we missed an interesting point in this movie. That's just very subtle. Like the people who damaged Peter Neal's luggage at JFK airport is his ex wife wife.
0: Yeah. So he keeps seeing, uh, yeah, we we didn't talk about that. So throughout the movie, he keeps seeing a person he believes is Jane, his ex. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, she shouldn't be in Rome. But he's like, but I swear I just saw her.
1: And, and they call New York, and it goes to her answer machine. Mm-hmm. And
0: and it turns out after after Birdie's killed, you see Jane again. Well, I, well hold on, we're getting ahead of ourselves because after Bertie's killed, because uh, Johnny witnesses the murder. He gets killed. He gets strangled. Well, he goes back
1: because he 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 knows he remembers something.
0: Yeah, that, he said that there was a clue there that would um he missed yeah. something and there was a clue that he just overlooked. And so he yeah. went back and then yeah, he witnesses the killings. He goes back to the car and then he gets strangled. Yeah. And, and then we find out, though, that it actually is Jane who's in Rome. And she's been seeing John Saxon's character, Bulmer.
1: Which we, as, as an audience member, we never doubted her being in Rome. Yeah. Because we see her. I mean, yeah. in the camera, Argento shows you her like mm-hmm. she is here in Rome. You know nothing about the character. You know it's an ex. And, she, yeah, she's been seeing John Saxon's character. And... And this is where Argento, he he cheats a couple of times in this movie, you know? Yeah. And one of those was Saxon's kill.
0: Yeah, and, I'm, and I messed up. Um, Johnny got killed after Saxon because you're right. He goes back to the house. Mm-hmm. Um Because
1: the killer took the keys from the car. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. But yeah, Saxon, or or Bulmer, is killed out in the wide fucking open. Wide open.
1: And he knows the killer.
0: Yeah. And nothing, like, nobody sees this. Yeah. It's not like it's, it's not like Suspiria when you have the scene where, like, the person, because I'm trying to remember, I think there was a person that died out in the open in Suspiria, but there wasn't anybody else out there.
1: No, it was, it was at night. It was yeah. literally just him.
0: Yeah. Whereas this, there's people like all around him. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like it's a subtle death. It's not like he just like stabbed him in an artery in his leg and kept on walking or something
1: like that. You know, he was stabbing him like multiple times. And then, And throughout this, I think right around the time of Saxon's death, you see the red-shoed lady again. where it's like at a party and you see her briefly and then you see the killer come up and stab her in the stomach. Yeah. And it's and it and it flashes back to that a couple of times and again you're still not really sure. And finally Jane calls Anne uh Peter Neal's assistant. And she's like, I'm in Rome. And again, <laughs> she's, she's telling Anne like, can you come? Can you help me? I feel like I'm two different people. Now that's supposed to make you think, oh, so she's the killer. Yeah. And so Anne's like, I'm on my way. And this is the most famous scene in the movie. Now we've skipped over a lot of shit to get here, <laughs> but this movie's dense as fuck. It really is. Most famous scene in the movie. I think Tarantino said it's his favorite death scene in a horror movie. Cause it is. There was a budget for blood. And it was uh, yeah, yeah. all spent spin on this one.
0: This was a, this was a holy shit moment for me.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Go ahead and set the table. You're doing a good job.
1: Well, she's, she's sitting there, you know, surprisingly in a modest apartment. Nice, but yeah. modest compared to everything else in this movie. I, let let me jump backwards a little bit. Sure. After Peter Neal gets a hit on his head, he goes he goes back to where he's staying and Ann's there and they're telling him what happened. And then finally, like um Ann and Peter decide to uh excuse me, make Whoopi for the first time. Apparently they've been working together for a long time. Yeah. But before that, Peter Neal asked her, can you stay the night with me? I'll make the couch up. Just stay with me. She's like, of course. So they make the couch up. You know, they put sheets on the couch, make it into a bed. So Peter Neal and Anne sleep together. But well, to the next morning, Anne's sleeping on the couch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So Peter Neal and her made love and still made her sleep on the couch. Yeah, because he's got Jimmy legs.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess.
2: Yeah, it was so up. funny.
1: Yeah, it's like, no, Argento. We don't think you hate women because you kill them. It's because you make them ride a motorcycle without a helmet and you still make them sleep on the couch. <laughs> oh, you know what? I do want to.
0: I do want to oh. jump back to something though. So the the straight razor is found. Like after the killer is killed, the new killer finds a straight razor. Remember? Because he breaks it.
1: Yeah. Because you, again, you're cutting to these scenes of these like little white, almost like pearl handles, you know, like a, not a pearl handle, but you know what, like a little pearl that would be on the handle of a um, razor blade. Or, or a knife or something, you know, just small little things. And Argento cuts to him. And yeah, because that plays a big part later on it, to the twist of this movie.
0: Let me. Uh, well, no, I don't say that. Were you, when, with Jane. Did you think she was the killer at some point? I know you said the movie's trying to make you think that she's the killer. But did you think it? Uh, No, I didn't. Mm. Well, you're a smarter man than I am. So let me read you uh, some of my notes here. Okay. I'll just start at the top of the page. Peter and his assistant hooked up. No one saw Bulmer killed in broad fucking daylight. Two killers. Question mark. Johnny is dead. Is Jane the other killer? Question mark. I guess the fuck not. It answers that pretty quickly. Because this we're here now, so we can talk about it. So you were talking yeah. about the budget for the blood and everything. And yeah, it went into this one scene. Cause Anne gets her fucking arm chopped off with an axe and it is brutal like it It just gets cleaned the fuck off
1: and and it comes through the window with the axe and they stage this so perfectly because then Jane arm chopped off backs up behind this pearl I mean this beautiful white wall just so the blood is even more highlighted, mm-hmm. and she paints this wall red.
0: She's bleeding everywhere,
1: everywhere, and it is, you know, they, you know, the Italians used a certain color for their blood, you know, the one that would pop on screen because you know everything, yeah, you know, you you watch Suspiria, you know, New York Ripper, no, but I think Argento, you know these colors are going to pop, you know? And this is just, I mean, I don't think you can make a list of uh, horror movie deaths and not include this, you know, it's that good. Yeah. It's that good with this scene. So, so Jane dies in this, in this beautiful, um, Cascade of blood Why Okay so The detective They get a note From who I don't remember You know what I'm talking about Cause they know because now they know to go to the house where Jane's at. Because Anne and the detective go. But first, you see a blonde walk in there. You think it's Anne. Because she told Jane she was on her way to come get her.
0: Yeah. And it's the other inspector.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they look alike. You yeah. Because, yeah, because.
0: Well, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, I was just saying, like, yeah, she goes in there, and then she immediately gets an axe to the back,
0: and he says Jane, not Jane. Yeah, I mean Anne. He says Anne. Anne. Yeah, he, he had killed Anne at first.
1: Yeah,
0: and then we well we went past the reveal of uh, of Peter Neal being the other killer, and you had talked about it, like he he kills Jane, and then you find out that after learning about and. And I'm I'm using aids to help jog my memory. Yeah, so I got Wikipedia pulled up, but it turns out that the woman in the red shoes that you've been seeing this whole time in these cuts is like a repressed memory of Peter Neils. She had humiliated him, and he killed her.
1: Yeah, they couldn't prove it. Um. Yeah, I think the detective... I keep forgetting his name. He had... Interpol had helped him. Germani. Interpol. Like, I didn't know they fucked with Rhode Island crime. (laughs) I thought that was more of international. (laughs) Like, yeah, because Peter Neal's from Rhode Island. Um, International criminals, but... So... He goes in there. He kills the detective's partner, and then the detective. He. What happens to where Peter Neal picks up the razor blade?
0: Um, he's, he's he just has it. Yeah, he's surrounded. Like he they. they so he's there, and it looks like a no win situation for him, you know, because they,
1: and he slits his throat. Well, here, here we 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 are just skipping all over this fucking movie. This movie's it, it's it's not good podcasting because Peter Neal decides to leave town. He's going to Paris. Yeah, and that's another. That's the cheat I was talking about that Argento does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he shows you a shot of a plane taking off.
0: hmm Yeah, you know. he told the inspector he was leaving.
1: He was leaving, yeah. Um, so Peter Neal slits his throat and, you know, and Anne's watching the detective. The detective takes Anne to the car. and gets in the back seat and then uh, Germani tells her, this is how I found out about Peter. And because they leave Peter on the ground, he's yeah. going to call in back up from the car. He gets a, we'll call it a cops in intuition. Like, I know you can ask why the detective go back in there. Yeah. That I don't mind. I don't mind him going back in there. That that's his case. You know, yeah. Go back in there. And there's this shot that Argento does. That is just. Um, I've got it in my, my review. Logic be damned. It's beautiful. So the detective sees Peter Neal's body going. He goes to the razor blade and he sees that it's, it's dull. It can't cut anything. And then he sees where the white little, pearl would be it's red and he presses it and fake blood comes out and he stands up and right behind him is Peter Neal. Yeah. Like there's no logic for him to be right there for him not to see him.
0: So my thing with that, I I do want to, I guess, point out this part is with that razor when he picks it up, So, I know that Peter, you know, Peter Neal wasn't a killer of all the other people, but why would he have a gimmicked razor if he wasn't to kill? I mean, like, we know he wasn't to kill originally, so why does he have this razor that pumps out blood or this fake razor that pumps out blood? Like, where did he get that from? And that looks like a lot of blood when he cut his throat. That looked like more Mm -hmm. than what can be in that little blade.
1: Yeah, well, you. You got to suspend disbelief a little bit. Why he had it? I mean, he kind of predicted it, didn't he? How so? I mean, he was it because he needed it.
0: <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, never
1: mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and he honestly, you know, Peter Neal's like he was. It says so at the end of the movie. He was educated at Yale. Pretty smart guy because he look, he was able to pinpoint where the killer lived that yeah. area. I mean, just by looking at a map and be like, okay, this is this and this and this. Pretty smart guy, you know. Oh, yeah, he makes a point of telling uh Germani
0: like he had guessed the killer a while back. <laughs> did you uh, yeah. guess, did you guess Peter Neal is the second killer?
1: No, oh, god, no. I mean, shocked Pikachu face. (laughs) Well, no. Because Argento does this reveal after Jane is dead or dying that you see these feet come into play. And then it's a slow pan up. Like at that point, it's like, oh, that's Peter Neal then, you know. I mean, there's no other male antagonists left. Besides Germani and Peter Neal, that's yeah. it. I mean, there was nobody else. So I mean, and and they never gave like a, like a red herring towards Germani at yeah. all. He's seemed pretty straight laced outside of drinking on the job, you know. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. And aside from getting crunk. um, fucking drinking scotch is why he's supposed to be working. Maybe he wasn't sloshed, he would have figured
1: out who the killer was sooner. Nah, get sloshed, man. Make your partner drive. <laughs> Just It's like, you know, it could have been like a training day situation.
0: That, that's probably why. That's probably <laughs> like, why. She was
1: Not Ethan that. Hulk.
0: Look, when she came in that door, it's probably because Jermani was fucking drunk and couldn't make it in first. He's like, you go on in. See oh, him. I'm
1: sh... I'm sure he chose to ride with Ann because it gave him, like, five more minutes to, like, just down some more fucking alcohol. Right. It made Ann drive. But, yeah, and it's... And so, Ann, who's still in the cop car...
0: Well, you, did, you skipped she, the inspector's death.
1: Well, yeah, he stabs him in the back with the, the axe. You know, he's right behind him. And which sucked. I like Germani. Yeah. I... I, I you know i i wanted him to live but this is a a a pretty hardcore movie there's there's only one person that we're introduced to that lives yeah you know and anne decides uh she's staying you know she's in the back of this not even cop car these people are driving like fucking sports cars i don't know if you saw these italian Cars. They're all just they look like n- knockoff Lamborghinis. Yeah. You know, not Lamborghinis, but these these cars are fucking slick. She decides to go in and Argento shows you this sculpture a couple of times. It's it's in the background and you notice it. It catches your eye because mm-hmm. it's so uh distinct. And the sculpture, because art is stupid, it's just spikes, you know? Right. (laughs) And she – it gets pushed up against the wall, doesn't it?
0: It's it's wedged up against, like, the door, and she's trying to open it. Yeah,
1: she's trying to open it. And Peter's in between a wall and the sculpture – And she finally opens the door, and one of these pieces just goes straight through Peter Neal. Yep. And it's. Go ahead. That's
0: what I got as my note. It's like Peter's killed by happenstance.
1: Yep. And the beauty, the beautiful thing about this is that the sculpture was like metal and circular. Mm -hmm. So it goes through Peter, stays in him. And because it's circular and there's blood, he can't grip it to pull it out. And you just see him sort of like it's slipping. He can't pull it out. Not that that probably would have done anything. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's, it's this nice touch that Argento does. And I think, I think Argento ends it there, don't he?
0: Uh, yeah you just like the last shots just and in the rain screaming yeah and it's done because there's nothing else to tell after the story's done man yeah you know people died one person got their arm chopped the fuck off you know glorious scene and i was like you when I was watching it i was you know kind of like yeah this is after watching new york ripper you're just kind of like yeah this is This is easy. This is fine.
1: Until you see that arm. That arm was a good scene. Yeah, it was... It was the money shot of this movie, you know? It, um... It didn't make the movie, but it added to it, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Like, this movie wasn't going to live or die on that scene, but that scene was, uh... Memorable. This movie's memorable.
0: Oh, what'd you, what'd you give it?
1: Well, I'm just going to do a, a brief rundown on what I wrote, but, um, this movie plays like a horror novel. Peter Neal would have wrote. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know. I, I didn't expect. When I went into this movie, I didn't expect this movie to have that kind of layer to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, like in my notes, I put, this isn't as visually striking a Suspiria, which is just a beautiful movie. Um, it doesn't suffer from it. And Argento I mean, some of the shots in this movie, I mean, we, we didn't even cover half of them. are just beautiful. You know, that shot with, um, Neil and the detective, it's just logic be damned. It, you know, yeah. it's so fucking good. Um, but it, yeah, it coming off New York Ripper, this is Hindu cow tame. You know, um, four stars. Josh Lindsay says, check it out.
0: <laughs> and Josh like, Whoa. Borrowing from everybody now.
1: <laughs> well, I did. I did tell you that, uh, I watched the last driving of this. So, um,
0: yeah, like I didn't guess who the killer was. Um, I didn't guess who the second killer was. It, it got me. It was... Um, I, I like the back half of the movie more than the first half. I think the first half, you know, it kind of moved along at a slower pace. And then the back half, it really picks up. Um, I enjoyed it and had a good time with it. Uh, not as much as you. I gave it like three and a
1: half. Um... I've heard from Giallo fans and whatever that this was Argento's last really good movie.
0: You know, um, wasn't Opera 85?
1: I don't know. We have the internet. We could find out.
0: We <laughs> could. Did you find
1: it yet? No, not yet.
0: Wow, you're taking forever. I know. Opera.
1: Well, I'm looking up Argento. I guess I could look up Opera, but I'm sure.
0: In arts and entertainment. And here we go. Other uses. Oh, it's a nineteen eighty seven horror film. I've I haven't seen all of opera, but like You'll love this. In opera, the killer tapes needles
1: to Mm -hmm. the eyes. Jesus.
0: So, like, every time they blink, it rips their eyelids?
1: Oh, Lord.
0: That's your big thing, isn't it? Eye trauma. Josh loves it.
1: I, you know, I've said it before, like, that one death scene in New York Ripper. And I watched the movie twice. Um, covered my eyes. Entire thing. Couldn't do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, um, I loved the double killer in this. I love how they wasn't connected. Yeah. Uh, you know, Um I don't know I th- I think this movie is probably best served rewatching it because there's things in it I think I think Argento re- I mean
0: I just thought about something too
1: like remember when
0: and we were talking about it uh earlier but the woman was grilling him about the uh killings and saying they were sexist and everything and mm-hmm. he was like you know I don't I don't see what you're talking about. And I was like, you know, maybe they're getting a deeper meaning from this than what he intended. And now I'm just like, well, you know, maybe he put a deeper meaning in there that he didn't intend because, you know, he had these repressed memories. of oh, yeah. Kill, killing this girl. You know, maybe he was intentionally writing brutal death scenes for women because of that.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm smart. Yeah. But I think this movie's smart. I do. I do. Uh, this this was a good one. It was.
0: That's a good pick, Josh. And I think I, I am almost positive now that Deep Red is going to be our
1: last one. Let's do it. Deep Red. When,
0: I think it was 75.
1: 75. It was right before Suspiria. Yeah. It's higher. You don't have IMDb pulled up, do you? No, I don't. Okay. Guess what deep red is on IMDb.
0: 8.1.
1: Lower. 7.6. 7.5. What do you think Suspiria is? Which is considered his masterpiece.
0: 7.3. Yep. I had read that, um, like, I was just reading, like, the reception about Deep Red, and, like, Deep Red's been referred to as, like, the ultimate jalo.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. What do you think Tenebrae is?
0: Uh, 7.1. 7.
1: Pretty close. You get pretty close there. Hmm. Just a guessing machine. So... We got two Argentos when this ends and one Fulci. Yeah. Uh, so when we when we come back around to Giallo I I guess we got to do Bava.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Probably need to do Bava. Yep. Probably need another Fulci. hmm Just 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 to suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll get around to God damn, like Inferno or something, you know? Yeah. Got to do another Argento. Yep.
0: All right. So, well, everyone, that was Tenebrae, sort of. <laughs> uh, probably not our best outing.
1: No, I mean, if, if you're sticking around and you're hearing this, then – uh, thanks Mitchell <laughs>
0: thanks Mitchell <laughs> uh, yeah for those of y'all that are uh, watching listening we do got one viewer on Twitch right now uh, we do appreciate y'all listening we will hope you join us again next time when we discuss deep red
1: yeah ciao All right. since see, we're since we're fucking talking about giallos might as well say, might as well say ciao
0: was it did they say they said chow in the movie didn't they cuz didn't they also say river durchi
1: yeah they did say river durchi
0: and he's like what's that all right everyone thank you for listening we'll see you next time